Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Thursday, October 22nd, 2020. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Sugar Shane Caldwell, and it's time for the Week 7 preview on the main slate. We're going to go game by game. And Shane, are you ready to help our listeners build some winning DFS lineups? Yeah, this is looking like a high-scoring slate here with all these high over-unders, so Definitely want to have the high ceiling optimal plays here this week because I think that to be able to cash in DFS in the DFS world, you're going to have to have some really good lineups this week. I think it's going to be a high scoring week. Uh, so there's some awesome game stacks and some great matchups. So we're excited to break them all down for you. Absolutely. We're going to go and do that one game at a time. There are 11 games on the main slate this week, seven at one o'clock, four at four o'clock. So a little bit better balance. And there is one very exciting four o'clock game that we'll get into as a potential game stack. And want to thank our presenting sponsor here right up off the top, betus.com.pa. Terrific partner. Go there for all your sports gaming and casino action. Use the promo code COACHTALK with your first deposit and get a 125% match. So looking at the betus.com.pa lines, there are six totals over 50 so we'll certainly zero in on those games and the first one is in that category we're going to go with cleveland and cincinnati it's a 50 and a half total cleveland the road favorite by three and a half and this is a rematch these two that thursday night game in week two cleveland won 35 30 so 65 points put up in that one and couple good matchups here on paper. You can really run against Cincinnati, so I'm interested in that Cleveland backfield, and you can pass it against Cleveland. So I'm interested in the Cincinnati pass attack. Who are the guys that are standing out for you? Yeah, I mean, Kareem Hunt, if he can if he can come out of this practice report this week a little more healthy, at least get in some limited practices, uh, Kareem Hunt's looking like one of the best, most optimal plays here. He's went up against the number one and number two rushing defense the last two weeks in Pittsburgh and Indianapolis. So he's had some brutal matchups since he's taken over the backfield for Cleveland. And I've talked a lot this year about how much I love the, the Cleveland running attack. I love the creativity of the schemes and the run blocking has been solid. And then you pair that with, you know, the type of talent Kareem Hunt has in the passing game and the running game, how explosive he is. And, and then you finally get him to a good matchup. You've seen what he did in limited production or in limited carries against Cincinnati uh, back in week two. You know, he put up a monster game, 10, 10 rushes, 86 yards, a touchdown, uh, and a receiving touchdown. So now he owns this backfield. So if he can come out of this week healthy, Kareem Hunt is kind of a lock and load type player here. They're, uh, they're slight favorites, what are they, three and a half point favorites here. So Kareem Hunt is a, is a great value this week. And I've been waiting to play him. Um, because his brutal matchups, I've been mostly avoiding him. But uh, this is the definitely cream hunt week, and I think you got to eat the chalk even if he's highly owned here. And then on the Cleveland side, I, I don't trust Baker Mayfield as much for obvious reasons. He hasn't looked good. But I, the player that I think is popping on the on the film for me that's that's getting better every week is Austin Hooper. Uh, he looks very athletic to me, and he looks like uh, you know definitely a good playmaker at the tight end position. The tight end position is kind of rough, you know. Um, it you know there's some tough matchups. There's some guys injured. So Austin Hooper over on DK is four thousand uh, dollars. If you pay fifty four hundred on Fanduel, he's a little contrarian. I think he's a good low owned guy um, that. He's put up good production. If he can get in the end zone this week, which I think he can, um, he's due for a good game and a, a lower owner guy, and you can get as a value tight end, being that the tight end position is kind of rough there. So that's kind of where I'm at with the Cleveland side. What are you thinking? You got you got anything else going for the Cleveland side, or you like Kareem Hunt as much as me, I'm, I'm assuming? I do. Uh, you mentioned Kareem Hunt's stats in that Week 2 matchup, and if you combine it with Chubb, they had 234 yards from scrimmage and four touchdowns because Hunt had those two touchdowns that you mentioned, but so did Chubb. So like you said, just an awesome spot for him. And by the way, if he can't go, then it's Dearness Johnson chalk week. I have 4,000 on DraftKings. <laughs> oh, um, man. You know, I have to laugh uh, at that one. But yeah, yeah, no, it probably would be. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I'm excited about that backfield. Uh, nice call on Hooper. And then on the other side with Cincinnati, let's talk about this passing attack. Uh, Cleveland is 28th against the pass. Burrow is a nice price. He's 
5.5 on DraftKings, and he had his ceiling game against Cleveland, 28.54. And for the season, he's 65% completion percentage. He only has six touchdowns and four interceptions, though. So uh, you'd have to be banking on uh, you know a breakout here for him. But looking at some of his targets, they're pretty inexpensive. Tyler Boyd, only 5.4. Uh, T. Higgins, 5.3. He's had two games over 20, and he's had four straight games with at least seven targets. So I like the role that he's developed for himself. And then you got to mention the tight ends against Cleveland. In that matchup in week two, Uzama and Sample combined for 11 catches, 87 yards, and a touchdown. Now, recently, Sample has not been getting used much. You know, T. Higgins has gotten some of those short passes. So I guess Sample for me would be a GPP option. Uh, but I do also like Boyd and Higgins. Yeah, and I think, you know, you can also look at the running game for Cincinnati. Cleveland's not, like, elite against the run or anything, and Joe Mixon's looked really good, even in some tough matchups. He uh, he gets great volume, and he's and he's productive with that volume, too. Uh, Joe Mixon's a little bit banged up with the foot injury. He came out of the game last week and, you know, kind of tried to go back in and came out. So you got to monitor his status if, if his foot is healthy and he's a full go. Uh, uh, Joe Mixon is in, uh, in the mix here uh, as a decent uh, – he's a little more contrarian because the other running back, Kareem Hunt, on the other side is going to be super high owned. But Mixon is the type of guy that can blow up, um, and he's in a pretty decent spot here. Um, I definitely – I like the passing game here. I'm a little more nervous about T. Higgins. I think that he's going to warrant some ownership because he's been flashing high upside lately. But I think he's going to be primary coverage with Denzel Ward, and uh, you know Denzel Ward's a great shutdown uh, corner. So I think that that's a that's a mismatch for T. Higgins, and I think Ward can shut him down. Of course, I you know I love Tyler Boyd. I always like him when he's in a good matchup in the slot. I think you can expose Cleveland uh, over the middle in the slot there more than trying to target Denzel Ward on the outside here. Um, so I definitely love Tyler Boyd and he seems like he's always cheap, but he, but he has a pretty safe floor and a pretty good upside too. So I, I do like Tyler Boyd at his pricing. He's, he's way too cheap. Other than that, probably not a lot of Cincinnati exposure for me. I'll, I'll take a look at Joe Mix and see how he's looking throughout the week. Um, but yeah, you got some pretty solid plays in this game and, uh, in, uh, over under over 50. So it's a, it's a decent game script here. Yep, good way to get started. And let's transition to game number two. Much lower total here as Dallas is taking on the Washington football team. Total is 46. Right now it's a pick em. Big changes in Dallas, of course, and a tough situation for them to try to come back from that drubbing against Arizona, 38-10. to 10. But that's what they're going to do. Um, two and four against one and five. You know, NFC East clash here. Anyone you like in this matchup? Kind of an ugly game. It's it's hard to believe that, you know, people were stacking Dallas to no ends, you know, just a few weeks ago. And now it's like, oh, avoid, avoid, fade. <laughs> you know, right. so it's, it's really hard to believe. I think I'm mostly fading Dallas. I don't know if I want to pay up for Ezekiel Elliott here when the, their offensive line, it seems like they lose another starting offensive lineman every single week. And it's like right. they're down to like third and fourth string offensive lines. So, yeah, Elliott's looking to get a lot of carries, but I don't know how productive he's going to be. Washington has a pretty solid defense up front. On the Washington side, one of the guys that popped, and this is the guy I talked about in the offseason, the tight end for Washington, and then he hasn't really done anything since then, but he is still their, their starting tight end is Logan Thomas. Um, he didn't practice. He had a minor neck issue, but if, if he's a full go, um, he popped off uh, last week last week uh, for a nice touchdown. He had three catches for 42 yards and a touchdown at near minimum price. He was 3,300 on DK. He's up to 3,500 on DK now. But if you want to just a punt play pay down guy, Logan Thomas, I'm seeing he has some rapport with Kyle Allen now, and he's a big athletic target out there. And he hasn't done anything outside of last week. So I think he can have a similar type game with 40 to 50 yards and a touchdown uh, which puts which puts him at a smash spot at 3,500. So and of course, low, really low ownership because no one's thinking about playing Logan Thomas. So he's he's back on the radar for me, even though I haven't even looked at him the last two or three weeks here. Um, and then of course Terry McLaurin, he's going to finally be in a good matchup. He's had some pretty tough shadow coverage this this uh, year, and he's going to get peppered with targets. I don't really like Kyle, Kyle Allen as a quarterback. It seems like his average depth of target to McLaurin has been pretty short, but I like the fact that McLaurin is pretty much 
if not number one, one of the top run-after-the-catch type guys uh, in the league. So you can get him on screen passes. Maybe they take a couple deep shots. He's going to be on great coverage. And Terry McLaurin's just an absolute playmaker. He's pretty affordable over on DK at 5,800 as well. So I, I think I really like this spot for Terry McLaurin, and I think that's one of the guys you can get exposure to in this game that's not a really high over-under. Yeah, McLaurin, definitely my favorite guy for Washington this week because of that price and the matchup. Got to mention the backfield because you can really run on Dallas. They're number 31 against the run this this year, and we saw what Kenyon Drake did. And, yeah, he had that long touchdown at the end to make it a monster game, but he already had about 100 yards and a touchdown already. So, you know, that leads me to, to dig in a little bit more with that backfield and try to find – uh, you know, a right price, but I don't know if I can find it because Gibson and McKissick, you know, really trended more towards that even timeshare last week. Uh, in fact, McKissick got more of the snaps, but e- about even touches. McKissick had 14 touches and Gibson 13. So with their prices sort of in the mid range, uh, I don't think you could go there really unless you went with a GPP, uh, you know, and hope that one of them got in the end zone. But I think you could look at the Washington defense. They're only 2,500 on DraftKings. So at this point, uh, with with the analysis I've done, they're my favorite value defense on DraftKings. Um, on the Dallas side, the one guy I might look at is is their value tight end, Dalton Schultz, 3,900. Uh, Washington's given up the fifth most points to opposing tight ends. So that'd probably be where I would look for a one-off. But Really not too excited about this game with that total of 46 and the teams uh, you know, coming in here as they are. So, Andrew, let me just make the, let me just uh, make sure we're clear here. So we're, we're mostly fading Dallas after people wanted to stack them a few weeks ago. And now we want to target uh, the Washington defense against Dallas. So look exactly. at how things have changed in a couple of weeks. I just think it's, it's that's the NFL, though. It's, it uh, is crazy with injuries and everything going on is that if you don't have depth and uh, and now all of a sudden we're looking at this uh, ugly Thursday night game for, uh, the, you know, might be the best team in the NFC East who could win out of Philadelphia and the New York Giants. Right. So so I just think it's hilarious. So I just wanted to point that out. But it, it is. I think that is the correct analysis is what we're looking at here. Yeah. And when do you want to target a defense for a one in five team like Washington? But, you know, they have these lower scoring games and it's a good price against the team without Dak and, and most of that offensive line. So. You know, that's where yeah. it can come, come together. Yeah. Remember when Philly's offensive line was banged up in week one and Washington destroyed them? Yes. Uh, it could be a similar type game script, being that it's just a mismatch. They can't handle blocking those guys, you know, uh, the Washington front there. And that's where Dallas's offensive line is. And Andy Dalton is not as mobile as Dak was in terms of the strength and mobility there. So, yeah, it could it could, it could be a disaster. So I do like the Washington defense play. I just think it's hilarious how things have changed in two weeks, you know. Uh, you know, and that might be a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a, a tug at uh, coach there as well if he's listening. Right. He's a Dallas fan. <laughs> it's unfortunate. They're in a, in a tough spot. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, game three is more exciting here because it's Detroit against Atlanta. So we're back up to a 55 over under on betus.com.pa. Atlanta, the two-point favorites at home. And you are the Detroit man. So here's the question for you. You can really pass on Atlanta. Okay, they're number 31 in the league against the pass. They're giving up 345 yards through the air per game. So again, on paper, I'm I'm interested in this Detroit passing attack, but will there be enough volume Will they pass it enough to pay off those price tags? Yeah, interesting matchup here. These these two quarterbacks are great veteran quarterbacks, and they're actually really good friends. They live close to each other in Georgia, so they're always hanging out in the offseason. Their families are really close. So it's kind of like a competitive, friend, friendly rivalry here between two friends. Um, great, great, two great veteran quarterbacks. Uh, it You know, it is a good spot for the – Detroit Lions and Stafford because they may actually be forced to have to throw because it's kind of been well documented is now that they actually have a decent run blocking offensive line and they're starting to get swift involved and they like old man Peterson because he's still pretty strong for his age you know uh, they just like to run the ball and just take the air out of the ball uh, constantly is what they like to do if they get a lead so I think that being that this is going to be a competitive game or they'll be down in this game because it's hard to stop that Atlanta passing attack you will get more passing volume out of Stafford 
Um, I, I felt like Atlanta looked pretty good, especially in the first half when they were shutting down Minnesota. You know, maybe it was just Kirk Cousins that was having a really bad game, but I know they picked him off three times in the first half. So just Atlanta's defense looked improved compared to what they were earlier in the year. So I don't know if they're as bad as their ranking shows. Um, so I don't know if you're going to get elite level production. So that's why I don't know if I'm going to get a ton of exposure to Stafford because there's a couple other quarterbacks that I like more. Um, I think Matt Ryan is decent, but again, I think Detroit's defense is also improving, even though they're ranked really low in almost every category. I think Detroit's defense is getting healthy. They're starting to get the scheme more and they're actually, they're actually blitzing And Detroit's defense has not blitzed in like over two years. They're actually blitzing and causing pressure on the quarterbacks and they're covered. They're having good man-to-man coverage in the back end, which I know is hard to believe. But so that's what I'm seeing, which means this is not as easy of a matchup as you think. Now, with that being said, Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones are among the best wide receivers in the league. So they will get their plays. I just don't know if they're going to have a big blow up game that you need in DFS here. So that's why I'm going to have some exposure to this game, but I'm not going to I'm not looking at a full game stack here. So so obviously you have your your obvious characters here. You have Stafford. You have Kenny Galladay has probably the best matchup in this game. Uh, going up against the weak secondary for Atlanta. He has, you know, he pops off as like the number one advantage for pro football focus, of course. So Galladay's looking for a blow-up spot here. Hawkinson is decent, but he doesn't seem to get enough volume in terms of targets. They just don't want to target him. But you never know when he could have a big game. And then I probably prefer Kelvin Ridley the most going up against uh, the Lions rookie, Jeffrey Akuda. Uh, most likely he'll be on him, and I don't think Akuda's quick enough to cover him. Um, it were, uh, Julio Jones will be facing Amani Awarie, and Awarie's been pretty decent coverage. And now with that being said, of course, Julio looked his, like his dominant self last week. Um, but I think my point is Amani Awori, I think, can limit his upside where Julio wouldn't have the blow-up game. I think Kelvin Ridley is more likely to have the blow-up game at possibly lower ownership because now that people saw Julio came back, they're going to be on him. So that's kind of the way I'm looking at it. So, so with all that being said, I'm basically looking at Galladay and Ridley are my best plays out of this game. Yeah, those are my two favorites as well because of the matchups. And Hawkinson, he has an awesome matchup. Titans have been awesome against Atlanta, but the, the volume is the question, and his price tag isn't that cheap. So really, you kind of need two touchdowns out of him to pay off value if he's not going to get 10 targets. And he could do that, so I think he's in play. But I agree, Galladay is, is preferable. And then DeAndre Swift you know, certainly smashed last week. Over 100 yards carrying, got two touchdowns, got four targets, three catches. And you can uh, attack Atlanta with pass-catching running backs. So he's in play for me as well. And on the flip side, Gurley is in a good matchup. Um, Detroit 29th against the run this year. He's averaged 15 fantasy points per game. He's at 6,000 on DraftKings. Uh, So he's a little bit more of a cash play to me. You know, it's not like he's got the explosiveness that he used to. He's averaging 4.3 yards per carry on the season. The one thing I do like is he's got seven receptions the last two weeks. So that helps his floor a little bit. Uh, But with the price tag where it is, again, not too excited about him for GPPs. You know, and then the final thought on the Detroit side, Marvin Jones is uh, is showing up on the injury report with a knee injury. If Marvin Jones is out, I think that might help Hawkinson finally get more than like four or five targets. Uh, they may look to pass to Hawkinson more, being that it's a great matchup and they need they need more production in, in terms of receivers. And Hawkinson can act more of a receiver as opposed to inline tight end there. So that that's something that we'll have to keep an eye on. If Marvin Jones is out, then that does concentrate the targets more to Hawkinson and obviously Galladay. So that could actually get Hawkinson his game where he gets the production that he needs uh, because he's talented. I think he's, he's, he's due for a blow up spot. It just seems like they never want to target him heavily. Yeah. So we'll keep an eye on that for sure. Yeah. All right, Shane, let's go to game four. Carolina traveling to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Saints are seven and a half point favorites at home on betus.com.pa. Another total over 50. It's 51 here. And a big question mark here is Michael Thomas. Questionable with the hamstring issue. He was ready to come back to the lineup after that disciplinary issue. But now we're not sure about whether he'll play because of his hamstring. So, That'll make a big impact on this game. So with that up in the air, uh, what are your thoughts here on Thursday about this matchup? Yeah, it's kind of looking like if Michael Thomas is out, then you look at 
Emmanuel Sanders as a potential play. He's still reasonably priced. And it's been, it seems like it's been forever since week five. He had this blow up game against the Chargers, which is a pretty good game. 12 catches for 122 yards, you know, on 14 targets. So that's pretty good. He's finally gelling in that offense. So if Michael Thomas is out, take a look at Emmanuel Sanders if it makes sense for your roster construction. Uh, and if Michael Thomas is out, then probably you can pay up for Alvin Kamara. Uh, Alvin Kamara is basically like a, a wide receiver at that point. He's going to get yes. a ton of production in the receiving game. And obviously he can still get carries, even though Latavius Murray takes a lot of his carries away. If Alvin Kamara, you know, gets production in the rushing game, uh, and he's obviously going to get a ton of targets in the passing game then um, against a good matchup in Carolina, then it could be an Alvin Kamara game. It's just you you really got to hope he can have a blow-up game because he's he's very expensive. Like he's 9300 on fan. And, you know, almost $8,000, $7,900 on DK. Um, so I don't know if I like it if Michael Thomas is in as much because if he's in, they might want to try to get him more targets. And and then there's Latavius Murray. I think he's in play because if you think New Orleans is going to get up big in this game, they will just give the ball to Murray. And they have a big run blocking advantage in the in the running game here. And Latavius Murray is in that, you know, $4,800 to $5,300 range for DraftKings and FanDuel. He's cheap. And, you know, it can be like when they went up against the Lions, they get a lead and they just pound them. And Matavius Murray gets one or two touchdowns and decent running rushing attack here. And uh, and he hits that value, smashes that pretty easy because uh, he looks great as well. Um, it's pretty nice. kind of a luxury to have your number two running back look that good in, in a good run blocking game. And then on the Carolina side, probably not going to get as much exposure. I don't think I'm going to go back to my guy Mike Davis here in this matchup. Um, not not loving it. I mean, Mike Davis probably is going to catch quite a bit of passes here, but I don't know if he's going to be enough to smash his price tag. Um, I will go back to Robbie Anderson as he's looked like really a superstar wide receiver. He's pretty much playing at a Pro Bowl level. And if they're going to be down big in this game, you know, they're going to have to pass a lot. And I could see Bridgewater getting some rhythm with Robbie Anderson and potentially hitting him on a deep shot. And, and he's getting a lot of underneath stuff, too. So Robbie Anderson, I think, is a good play here, uh, the way this game script is playing out. So he's the main guy I'm looking at for Carolina. Yeah. And you mentioned Bridgewater. He's making that return trip to New Orleans. So he's certainly going to feel comfortable in that Superdome. And I agree. Robbie Anderson, my favorite target for Carolina. I think he'll get some deep shots a la Mike Williams. He obviously had a, a strong game against New Orleans uh, last time out. Um, so Robbie Anderson, favorite target there. Mike Davis, um, like you said, he would need to do it through the air because uh, it is a tough rush defense. But Justin Jackson was solid. He got those five catches against New Orleans. So that's what you'd have to look for for Davis is those checkdowns. And back on the New Orleans side, uh, yeah, I agree completely. Both running backs in play for me. Uh, you know, Kamara, he's averaging over 30 fantasy points on DraftKings because he basically has been a wide receiver, like you said. So uh, both in play uh, could come down to who gets the touchdowns. Uh, and I just – I really like teams with running backs like that coming off of rest. And so with that bye week in the rearview mirror uh, – uh, you know, both of those running backs are in play for me. Yeah, I just kind of worry, like, the game against the Lions, uh, you know, they got up big. Kamar they didn't have to use Kamara as much. The, the Lions limited him a little bit. So he put up, like, 20-some fantasy points, but that doesn't pay off his super expensive price tag, you know. Right. Uh, so that's the, the worry is that he's got to just have a huge blow-up game to pay off this expensive price tag. And I think if, if Michael Thomas comes back, he's going to gobble up some targets. Emmanuel Sanders is getting more targets. So all of a sudden now, you know, they're, they're, he's not getting as many targets. And then Latavius Murray's, let's say, is looking good in the run game. That's where you, you have an argument to fade Kamara at his price here. Um, the other thing I just wanted to mention, I forgot about Mike Davis. He did go out with an injury last week uh, in the game for a little bit. Um, so I think he's fully healthy and fully practicing, but he didn't have as big a game because he went out with an injury. And I, I think maybe that's why they limited him in the passing game. He wasn't running as many routes because I think it was like an ankle injury, uh, minor ankle injury, but enough where he didn't run as many routes last week. Um, so there is the potential in a in a, a game where they're in comeback mode where he can get have one of those ridiculous like eight catch games and actually hit value because he, he's sneaky good in the pass game here, but he's not probably a main target. But I think he's decent for a GPP because you can get him at low ownership here. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, game number five, Shane. Bills against the Jets. This is a rematch of week one when the Bills won 27-17. And now they are 13-point favorites on BetUS. 
with an over-under of 45 as the Jets are 0-6. Uh, just a real mess there. Darnold is questionable. He might get back into the lineup. And Crowder is questionable with the groin. So big question marks there for the Jets' passing attack. But, uh, you know, big favorite for the Bills. 4-2 and two against 0-6. Oh Will you have anybody in your lineups from this game? Well, I mean, if you think Buffalo is going to blow them out that much and put up an implied total around 29, you know, someone's got to score those points. Um, I think you could take a look at Stefan Diggs against pretty pretty weak secondary for the Jets here. Stefan Diggs is an absolute star in this in this uh, offense here, and uh, maybe Josh Allen's not going to be under as much pressure, and he can hit him for a couple of those deep passes and have a big game here. Uh, the Jets are, you know, decent against the run, so maybe Buffalo will actually have to pass a little bit here. So that's really the main guy I'm looking at, Stefan Diggs. I don't know if I trust Josh Allen, you know, in this spot here. I think he can put up some production, but it's not like in the second half he's going to have to be slinging the ball around, you know, if they're going to be in such a huge lead here. Um, and then on the Jets side, um, you know, of course I was going to take a look at Crowder because he always seems to do decent against Buffalo, but he popped up with a groin injury now. So you got to monitor Jamison Crowder's status and see what's going on with him. Is he is he going to be a full go for this game? Because he's in consideration. Um, if it's just going to be all that, you know, comeback, you know, prevent defense, if they're up by like 20 in the second half, then Crowder could just start getting all kinds of targets. And Sam Darnold's back, and Sam Darnold always has a good connection with Crowder. So that, that could actually pay off if Crowder's healthy. But, you know, they got Prashad Pyramid coming back. I mean, they have some targets coming back there. It's just hard to trust anyone from the Jets. It just seems like they're tanking for, you know, for a top quarterback, you know, uh, for next year. Uh, they don't seem like they they really want to do anything. So, yeah, it's a pretty pretty ugly game here. It's a mostly a void. But if you want to get a couple Buffalo guys like Stephon Diggs, he could he could have a big blow-up game in just in basically two or three quarters. Yeah, I agree. You know, Allen and Diggs were great in that opener, uh, but they're priced up. So for me, they're they're more cash plays. You, you could look at the Bills' defense. They're pretty expensive, but pretty good spot. Uh, and then one more guy to mention on the Jets is Lamichael P. Ryan. He got seven carries and three targets last week. Buffalo is 25th against the run. We saw Kansas City have a lot of success against them. But the Jets' offense is certainly nothing compared to the KC offense. But he's 4.2, uh, so you could look at him in a GPP. But I probably will not play any Jets, uh, likely won't play any Bills either. Uh, I think I'd probably be most likely to play their defense. Um, but, you know, we did talk about that Washington football team and great value for them. So I'm not sure if I'll get, get to anyone in this game. Game six, Shane, we're back to an exciting total of 57. It's the highest on the board at BetUS, and it's the Packers against the Texans. The Packers are three-and-a-half-point favorites coming off that awful loss against Tampa, 38-10. to 10, And the Texans are coming off a heartbreaker, losing in over overtime 42-36 to 36 to Tennessee when they had that game. Up seven. They just kicked the extra point. They're up eight. Forced Tennessee to come down and score a touchdown and, and convert the two-pointer, uh, but they didn't go that route, end up losing in overtime. So, man, both teams are going to be motivated here, um, and it is a high total. So what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I think, uh, you know, Green Bay is going to be really angry after after getting beat bad by Tampa Bay. So they're going to come back, and I think Green Bay wins this game pretty easily. Uh, they're only three and a half point favorites. I know Houston has been playing better, but I think Green Bay matches up well against them. Um, I, I like on the Green Bay side, if they get the lead here, I like Aaron Jones. Um, I think Aaron Jones, he's had some pretty tough matchups lately, you know, like Tampa Bay, for example. Uh, so I think this is a nice blow up spot. Obviously, Houston's been getting gashed in the run game, you know. If you look at Derrick Henry and other guys just blowing them up completely. So I like the fact that Aaron Jones can blow him up in the run game. He can hit him in the pass game. He's just an explosive athlete, and they haven't really had to use him much. The game script hasn't called for it, but I think this is a game where you rely on Aaron Jones and his talent. So he actually gets more carries in this game. And so I think he's in a great spot here. Um, and then it's kind of going to be, do you want to pay up for Devontae Adams? There's a couple high-priced guys on here on this slate we'll talk about. 
And it seems like every week I'm talking about how Bradley Roby is going to shadow someone. I don't know why. It's like I'm looking at these receivers. And and so Bradley Roby's decent, but this is one matchup where I would favor the wide receiver over Bradley Roby, um, where some of these other guys, it was kind of neutral matchups. I was like, avoid. But I think Devontae Adams is almost uncoverable. Um, and, you know, I think that they they did a good job last week with uh, I talked about that on our game preview for Tampa Bay, Green Bay, how I thought those big physical corners could cause some issues for Devontae Adams. So he didn't really have a blow up game. But I think this is the type of game where he could blow up, um, which he has to at that price tag. So I think I'm, I'm pretty much looking at Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones on the Green Bay side. Um, it just depended on your roster construction, you know, which guy you want to play. there. probably not going to play both. Um, and then on the Houston side. Uh, Deshaun Watson's in play, but I'm not as high on him. I feel like Green Bay is pretty good against quarterbacks and pretty good against passing games in terms of combining that pass rush with the pass coverage. I don't think it's going to be as easy as it has been for uh, for Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans the last couple of weeks where they've had monster games. So I don't think I'm think I'm going to limit my exposure a little bit more. I will still look at Brandon Cooks, who, you know, I've been on him every single week talking a lot about Brandon Cooks. He still hit value last week and his price hasn't really jumped up, even though he's had two good weeks in a row. And he just seems like to have great chemistry. And he's going to avoid another corner that I talk about every single week. He's going to avoid Jair Alexander, um, who's who's mostly going to be on Will Fuller. So I don't like Will Fuller as much. Um, but again, guys like, you know, that we talk about every single week, like Bradley Roby, Jair Alexander, Denzel Ward for the Cleveland guys we talk about, we don't want to really target those corners as much. So, but Cooks will have much better, uh, much better uh, matchup. And he's just played great. He's played like the old Brandon Cooks, like uh, almost like from the New Orleans days or when he was dominant is what it reminds me of. This is one of the best quarterbacks he's played with. So I like Brandon Cooks in that $5,000 range. I think he's a good play and they should be down, which means he should get a lot of production in the second half having to pass. Um, similar to what they were doing last week when they when they were in a shootout there. Yeah, I'm with you. Cook's my favorite play on the Texans for the reasons you mentioned. On the Packers side, Aaron Jones is my first target here. Not a guy that I often play, but smash spot here. Houston number 32 against the run. Uh, he's been great this season. Always finds his way into the end zone. And Adams, uh, I think they'll they'll get it to him. We we saw what the Tennessee passing attack did against. The Texans Tannehill went for 364 and four touchdowns. So I think you could go with Adams. You could pair him with Rodgers. And I'm I'm gonna have probably one of those three guys or possibly two in a lot of lineups. I'm gonna get uh, some exposure to that Packers offense. I think they're in a good spot. I think they'll they'll win this one. Yeah, so remember in week one. We were we were looking at Devontae Adams. We played him a little bit, and that's when he had his blow-up game against Minnesota. And I had played Aaron Jones, who just had a decent game. So it's like one or the other. Either Aaron Jones yes. or Devontae Adams is going to have a monster game, and you right. got to decide based on roster construction which one you think. And I think that you might be able to get Devontae Adams as, as low as you're going to get because he's coming off a disappointing game, and he's, he's just due for a blow-up. And I, I feel like he's the type of guy that can get like 12 to 14 targets and you know and catch most of them in this game and just have a monster game. So um, so just depending on the way it goes, I may have to go with Devontae Adams. And there's another guy, another high-end wide receiver that we'll talk about in the later games that we're going to have to decide on as well. Um, I'll, I'll leave that for when we talk about that game, yeah. though. Yeah. And and the thing is, if you pair Adams up with Rodgers, I think you'll get that stack at much lower ownership than you will the stacks in that Seattle, Arizona game. So, yeah. And then you could bring Brandon Cooks back on the other side if you just want a cheap game stack there. So, Absolutely. Yeah. All right. One more game at one o'clock. And it's a fun one because it's two teams who are undefeated. Steelers and Titans are both five and oh. And the Steelers are the underdogs here on the road on BetUS. One and a half points, uh, but the over-under is 51. Now, I like the Steelers in this one. I think they're a much better 5-0 team than the Titans. Um, but what, do you, what are your thoughts? That's a pretty, this is a, yeah, that's a pretty tough uh, game here. Two really good teams. And, like, depending on where you check, you'll see different line variations here. So I think even Vegas can't figure it out. Because I've seen lines where, like, Pittsburgh's favored, and then I see lines where Tennessee's favored, which you don't see that very often. So it's it's almost like a pick em type game here. It's got a decent over-under, depending on where you look. Most places are around 51 over-under. I've seen 52s. Um, a little bit tough to figure out which guys you want to target here, though. Um, you know, you can't just go back to Chase Claypool 
necessarily because they got all their wide receivers back healthy. Uh, Pittsburgh has a really tough defense, but you can you can get them at times. But they're not a defense you want to target, really, even though Tennessee's looked good. Um, and then Tennessee's looked like a decent defense as well. And they can run the ball and they can keep you up your offense off the field. So pretty much my analysis, the, the sneaky play that I like is Deontay Johnson. Uh, I've talked a lot about Deontay Johnson, how much I like him this year. And obviously he's been out injured. So he's kind of the forgotten one. He hasn't played in a long time. He's really only played the first couple of weeks in terms of healthy. He gets a ton of targets. He's a great route runner. He gets open. And I think Big Ben will be looking for him in this. And this should be a fairly high scoring game. And Deontay, Deontay Johnson, because he hasn't done anything, he's only 4,200 on DK and 5,800 on FanDuel. So I think he's just a great value play here. He should be going up against Malcolm Butler, who I don't think is quick enough to keep up with him in terms of his route running. Uh, Deontay Johnson's a great route runner, and I just think, think he's an underrated guy. And the fact that everyone's been on Chase Claypool because he went nuts when Johnson was out, I think they're going to forget the fact that Deontay Johnson is probably the most talented wide receiver on this team, even ahead of Juju and Claypool. I mean, Claypool is obviously talented, but in terms of knowing the offense and having a, a major role, I still would take Deontay Johnson at the lower price and probably lower ownership because I feel like he's a forgotten guy. So that's the main guy I like in this game. So that's why, uh, you know, definitely uh, probably get some exposure to him. Yeah, I, I'm with you again. You know, if you look at the the these two teams on paper, the reason I like the Steelers better is just because of their defense. And looking at the numbers for the Titans – they give up 422 yards a game. They're 29th against the pass and 26th against the run. So how are they 5-0? and Well, they've just been winning close games. So I think the Steelers have the edge here. I think they can attack them through the air and on the ground. So James Conner's in play for me at 6.7. You know, he's a little bit pricey, more of a cash play. Um, but you could go with Big Ben and, and one of these receivers. It is a little bit tougher to pick since they are back uh, and all healthy. It, that's what it looks like, at least on on Thursday here as we record this. But Deontay, like you said, he's so much cheaper on DraftKings. I, I really like that value. So he's in my initial lineup here that I've built. And, you know, looking at the other side of it, with that tough Steelers defense, I think they're a GPP play as a defense at 3,500 on DraftKings. You really just can't run against them. There's They can only give up 66 yards per game on the ground. So, uh, you know, I like the Steelers here in, in pretty much every aspect. Well, speaking of these lines and uh, different options for betting, Shane, let's take a minute and hear from our partners at betus.com.pa. Wake up, sports bettors. Sports are in high gear at BetUS.com, so put down the beer and make every sporting event more exciting by putting stakes on the line at BetUS. Earn bragging rights over your friends as you rake in the cash from each week's betting action. But don't settle for any other book. Choose America's favorite sports book with over 25 trusted years in the industry, BetUS. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, but more importantly, you need a sports book that pays. BetUS has your game with action on football, baseball, basketball, MMA, golf, horse racing, and even esports. No other sportsbook welcomes newcomers like BetUS with their jaw-dropping sign-up bonuses. Sign up now with promo code COACHTALK for 125% sign-up bonus up to two grand. The best in the biz. Now you have the best book in the business with the best DFS provider in the business, Coach Talk. Create your account to make point spread bets, futures bets, prop bets, entertainment bets, live bets, and more. No other sportsbook is as committed to their members as BetUS. Sign up now and get in on the winning side of the ball. Welcome back, and thank you to our partners at BetUS.com.pa. And Shane, this is an exciting one coming up next. It's an over-under of 56. It's a close line as Seattle's favored by 3.5 against Arizona. Is this your favorite game to stack this week? Yeah, this has got to be your, your favorite game in terms of the pace of play and the talent and the matchups and just everything about this game screams stack. You know, everyone else is going to be on it as well. But if you go into the afternoon, into the four o'clock games and you don't have exposure to this game, you might be in trouble here. So, uh, yes, so I think I'm you thinking, would. Yeah, I think so. So I think that this is a great game. This is definitely the type of game where Arizona should be able to score with that fast pace. 
spread spread style offense with their talent, which will make Russell Wilson have to actually throw. So it'll be one of those let Russ cook games. They're not going to be able to just slow the game down. They're going to have to get up and get down. Um, you're looking at these matchups and it's great. So, I mean, this is definitely a Russell Wilson spot. We haven't really played him a lot, you know, probably because he plays in prime time as well. Uh, but we, we haven't played a lot of Russell Wilson because he hasn't been on the main slate as much. But this is definitely a Russell Wilson week. Uh, it's kind of one of those spots where you don't really care what his ownership is. You just play him. Um, and you don't really care if he's eight thousand dollars or eighty seven hundred on FanDuel. Uh, it's pretty much a Russell Wilson spot, and you'll take that to the bank here. You can pair him up with uh, DJ Metcalf if he's going to be on. You know, if he's going to get a little bit of uh, Patrick Peterson or you know whatever guy they have out there uh, covering him, he's going to be in a great matchup here. I don't think anyone can can match up to Metcalf's athleticism and speed and size here. And then Lockett's got a pretty good uh, matchup here against Byron Murphy in the slot. So Tyler Lockett. So you have obvious stack guys. You know where the distribution goes here. Um, and then on the other side, it's going to be kind of that debate. Do you want to get a little more contrarian? You can play Kyler Murray here because Kyler Murray, if he has a big passing game, plus he has massive rushing upside. I mean, he pretty much gets a rushing touchdown. It seems like every single game. And he's just super quick. I heard someone describe him that he runs like a cat out there because he does. He's just so quick and nimble. And, you know, he's low center of gravity, but you can't catch the guy, you know. Uh, so he's the type of guy that has, you know, 80-yard rushing upside and, you know, one or two rushing touchdowns. And then if you add that to having to sling the ball around to keep up with Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray could be a good play here as well. Um, I still prefer the safety of Russell Wilson over Kyler Murray. Uh, and then the debate's going to be, this is the guy I wanted to kind of compare to Devontae Adams. Do you like DeAndre Hopkins in a great game script here, or do you like Devontae Adams in a good game script as well and a good matchup here? So uh, Hopkins, uh, uh, you know, mostly be going up against probably Quentin Dunbar. It's a pretty decent matchup for him. Hopkins has been kind of disappointing uh, most of the year here. He hasn't really blown up. So that's why it makes you a little nervous paying that price for him. He's $9,000 on FanDuel, $8,200 on, on, uh, $8, over on DK. But the but if this game shoot, blows up, they're going to have to get Hopkins the ball more. And he's in a pretty decent matchup. Uh, Seattle's not good against wide receivers. So it's tough. It's tough to fade him here. So that's going to be a big decision. And then you got Christian Kirk, who's kind of coming on healthy. He looks really fast. I mean, he had that huge play, uh, you know, obviously for that bomb. That was a pretty amazing play that he was able to catch that. Um, so he's not getting a ton of targets. But I feel like in this type of game, they're going to have to run the ball a lot more. They're not going to be or I'm sorry, they're going to have to pass the ball more because they're not going to be up uh, so big like they were against Dallas, which means Christian Kirk will get more targets. And you see how explosive he looks with the ball in, the, in his hands. And he's cheap, you know, 4,900 DK, 5,400 Fandle. So Christian Kirk's the other guy you can bring back in these stacks here. And because you may not be able to get up to Hopkins at that price. So it's Christian Kirk and, and the Seattle stack here is is probably what a lot of people will go with. And that's kind of what I'm leaning towards here. Yeah, great, great breakdown. Um, on the Arizona side, it is a phenomenal matchup. I mean, Seattle's been dead last against the pass in terms of yardage per game. So uh, D-Hop is in play, and I certainly trust him more than Kirk. I agree Kirk should get more targets, but I don't think he's going to go two touchdowns in, uh, on two receptions again. So I like the matchup for Hopkins. I'm, I'm willing to pay up for him. Um, you know, so more often than not, if it comes down to Devontae Adams and Hopkins this week, I am going to go Hopkins because I do want to stack this game. So I'll get Hopkins out there. And although Murray is cheaper than Russell Wilson and better matchup on paper, I, I agree with you. I just feel much better about Wilson. I'm willing to pay out for him and pair him with one of those Seattle wide receivers. Because if you look at, um, you know, Arizona's schedule here, it really hasn't been very difficult. They've had wins against Washington, the Jets, and then most recently Dallas. And they lost to Detroit by three. They lost to Carolina by 10 without McCaffrey. So on paper, their defense has been better than Seattle. But I think a lot of it is because of their schedule. So uh, I'm going to lean a little bit more towards that Seattle passing attack and run it back with DeAndre Hopkins most likely. Yeah, I, I could see Seattle putting one of those really good linebackers or safeties and spying Kyler Murray to limit his rushing production. And if that happens and they get some pressure on Kyler Murray, that could cause issues for him because Seattle does have the capability. I think we also need to take a look and see if Jamal Adams is going to come back or not, because I think that he's questionable for this game. And if he comes back, he changes everything for that Seattle defense. Well, that makes you 
you know, be a pump the brakes a little more on the Arizona side if Jamal Adams is back because he just causes all kinds of problems uh, for and he's the type of guy you could spy Kyler Murray and shut Kyler Murray down in that running game, even though it's been tough to do that. But you're right. I mean, Kyler Murray's had some pretty good matchups and he's looked iffy at some of these games. He's looked a little bit. And I, I don't so I don't I think Seattle is a pretty, pretty decent defense still, especially if they get Jamal Adams back here. Um, and I think it was uh, the guy that was on Metcalf that I couldn't think of. It was Drake Kirkpatrick is going to be mostly on coverage on him as well. So and that's a great matchup, a, a huge mismatch there. So, um, yeah, so we're looking at big, big, big time Seattle stacks here. And uh, I think you, you pretty much take that to the bank and then you can, you can get some exposure on the Arizona side too. But yeah, this is a game that it's going to be an exciting afternoon here uh, with uh, quite the game stack here. And I, I don't think we're going to be the only ones, but I think you got to eat the chalk and, and uh, get different in, in other places as well. Yeah. Seattle, another team with rest here coming off the bye. So guys like Lockett should have their legs under him. And uh, I'm hoping for a big output from that Seattle passing attack. Now, the next one here doesn't look like it's going to be as high scoring, Shane, because it's the 49ers against the Patriots. Patriots are the two-point favorites. Over-unders only 43 and a half. You know, two solid defenses. Um, and, you know, just offenses that are sort of chugging along, you know, Patriots certainly struggling. Uh, 49ers had that dud against uh, Miami, but then they got the victory against the the Rams. Uh, the news here with injuries is that Mostert looks to be out for the 49ers. So McKinnon going to step into that lead role. But again, pretty tough matchup. So um, anybody that you think you're going to have a roster spot for from this one? Well, I think you can take a look at McKinnon in GPPs. I don't feel as good about him in cash, but the reason why GPPs, if I look at like week four, when McKinnon was filling in uh, for Mostert when he was out, they went up against Philadelphia as a tough run defense. And McKinnon had a monster game there uh, for DK points, 22.7 at, you know, really, you know, $5,000 price range there. He, he got a lot of production in the passing game and the running game, and he got a rushing touchdown. So, I just think on tape, McKinnon looks explosive this year. I know he's a little limited in terms of size and they're worried about him, but if he's healthy in this scheme, what I've noticed is San Francisco has a big run blocking advantage in this matchup and New England's uh, defensive front is not as dominant against the run as they traditionally are. They don't have as many big run stoppers up there. So uh, San Francisco has a pretty good run blocking offensive line and a great scheme. So this could be a sneaky spot for McKinnon to have a big game here in the passing in the receiving game and the rushing game, and no one's going to be playing McKinnon. I mean, it's going to be pretty low ownership because it's a perceived really difficult matchup. I don't think New England's a shutdown defense against the run, though. I think they're pretty tough against the pass because of their man-to-man coverage is, like, really good. Uh, but that's why I think San Francisco, you know they want to run the ball anyways. And if McKinnon is the main guy, he's a guy you can look at for GPPs and get low ownership here. Um, and then on the New England side – Cam Newton is kind of interesting to me. He played really bad last week against Denver. I know that, but he still got like 20 fantasy points and he had an absolute dumpster fire game with interceptions. If he, if he's able to limit those interceptions and get a little bit more passing yards closer to 200 yards and get one or two passing touchdowns. And you know, he's probably going to get a rushing touchdown or get a lot of rushing yards, right? Because they have designed plays for him. And maybe a second week back from coming back from COVID, he has his legs under him a little bit more against a banged up San Francisco team that has to travel across the country to new England. Right. So that's where Cam Newton, I think, could be a sneaky GPP type play here. And I don't even think you have to stack him because he's basically like a running back and a quarterback combined here. Right. So you can't trust his wide receivers. That's OK. I think he could still get uh, have a blow up game of 28 to 30 fantasy points and get him at low ownership because he's looked so bad. So that's why I think he's a sneaky GPP play here. Again, not necessarily guys that are good for cash. They make you a little nervous. But those are just a couple guys that pop up to me as low ownership type guys. Yeah, I think the key there is GPP. That's yeah. what I would look at this game for is a one-off in a GPP. Uh, two other guys you could look at on the Patriots side, Edelman and James White, who are PPR monsters historically. Uh, Edelman's been struggling lately, uh, three in a row with with duds. He's been a little bit banged up with his knee, but he's at 5,000. So if he clicks here and gets back on track, um, you know, we saw that Cup could have had a great game against the 49ers if he could have caught that touchdown. So the, the slot is some, you know, a place you could attack the Niners. A great price for Edelman. And same thing with James White, 4.9. He's gotten a much bigger chunk of that uh, snap share uh, with that 
crowded Patriots backfield. So, you know, you know me, I like to you know zero in on Patriots and try to break it down and, and game script it. And it's not a situation where I'm really excited about either one of those guys, but I could see you doing it in a GPP because of their price tags. But for the most part, I'm going to fade this one and uh, look at this next 425 game, which I've got, um, you know, I'm looking forward to your analysis here as the Chiefs go to Denver to take on the Broncos. They are 10-point favorites. Over-under is 45-and-a-half on BetUS. What is your forecast for this one? Yeah, I was talking to you earlier about the weather in this game. It's looking like going, uh, Chiefs are going out to Denver, and it's going to be about 17 degrees and, like, snowing the whole game. It's going to be, like, you know, snowstorm. So we haven't had a game like this all, all, all year. And, uh, you know, Kansas City didn't look that great in the rain. It seems like, you know, they ran the ball effectively on Monday night, you know, and that worked great for them. But their passing game didn't look that great, you know. And uh, so this is going to be a kind of a sloppy, really cold game. And I think that's a, with the shortened offseason, these teams aren't haven't had a time to prepare and really practice in this type of weather condition. So I think that's going to limit the upside here for the Kansas City passing attack. And I don't think Kansas City's going to have to pass the ball as much. So I can see another game where they're trying to run the ball more, little bit more short passing for Kansas City and not as many you know deep shots here Denver's pretty good at limiting production uh, for uh, quarterbacks and wide receivers they seem to pretty solid defense they're pretty decent against the run they're just overall decent defense so Kansas City's huge favorites but I won't be stacking Kansas City because I'm a little concerned about the weather being like a snowstorm situation them going on the road to altitude in Denver and I think they'll win this game but I just don't think it's a good situation they're going to stack and, and Denver's pretty bad on the other side so it's not like it's going to be this huge shootout I doubt it uh, a couple guys I'll look at though if you want to pay up at tight end I think Kelsey is the type of guy he just seems like the type of guy that would have a good game in a, in a snowy weather game because he's just so nimble and so He's just so strong across the middle that they could just check down a lot of short passes to him and he could cause issues for people, even in a bad weather game where you're not relying on those timing deep passes to Tyree Kill and various guys here. So I could see Kelsey having a ton of targets in the passing game for this one in a great matchup against Denver, uh, who's not great against tight ends. And then Melvin Gordon on the Denver side is interesting because he's been out for a while injured. Then he was sick. Then he got a DUI and the people were talking about he's going to get suspended. Well, he's not suspended if he's playing. I think uh, Denver actually has a big pass, uh, a run blocking advantage against Kansas City's front. And Denver's pretty good at running the ball against tough teams. And Melvin Gordon is the type of guy in a snow game. It seems like you could just grind it out and actually have a good rushing game. And I don't think if it's a snow game against Kansas City's pretty decent pass rush in their pass coverage, I don't think you want to put the ball in, in uh, Drew Locke's hands, right? You want to try to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands and give it to Melvin Gordon. So just because of the ugly game script here, I like Melvin Gordon, and no one's going to be playing Melvin Gordon. I haven't heard anyone talking about him. I think he's going to be low-owned. He's 5,500 on DK, 6,700 on FanDuel, and he's the type of guy I think that can get in the end zone and potentially get over 100 rushing yards and get that bonus on DK too. So I feel like the game script calls for it. If you think about an ugly snow game, it's kind of a running type game to me. So that's what I'm looking at here. Yeah, really nice price for Gordon on DraftKings. And great matchup. Kansas City number 30 against the run. Gordon is quietly averaging 17.4 DraftKings points per week coming off that big performance against the Jets. And he should be well rested. So I hear you on that one. And then on the Chiefs side, got to mention Le'Veon Bell, who might be in the lineup. Uh, only 4.4 on DraftKings. Uh, very low price for him. Now, certainly he would have a, a limited role, most likely. But very intriguing uh, if he's going to be in that uh, in that game plan at that price tag. Uh, because, you know, we, we've seen CEH have trouble getting into the end zone. A uh, couple penalties have cost him. But... Um, that could be a GPP play as well in a snow game. So we will we'll track that weather uh, with uh, everyone, with our members uh, leading up to kickoff. And, uh, you know, this might be a good time to invite folks to come in as members if you'd like to take advantage of the lineups we give out. We do that for every slate in the NFL. So on the main slate uh, this Sunday, like every week, what we'll do is we'll give out a cash lineup and a GPP lineup on FanDuel that you can just plug and play and stick right into your contest. And then on DraftKings, we'll give out the coach's clipboard, 
where we give out highlighted core plays and a bunch of pivots. And then we also give out a full Yahoo lineup. So if you want to take advantage of that, go to DFSCoachTalk.com and pick out which membership you want, the week, the month, or the winter special. We just launched that about a week ago, and it's designed for the NFL DFS player. It takes you right through the Super Bowl, so you'll have all of our NFL lineups for every slate and uh, also get our World Series lineups here while MLB continues, our golf lineups every week, and then uh, NBA looks like it's probably going to start mid-January, so you'll get the beginning of the uh, NBA season as well. So we'd love to have you join us at DFSCoachTalk.com. Shane, we've got one game left here, so let's not forget about the 425 kickoff between the Jaguars and the Chargers. Chargers are 7.5-point favorites with an over-under of 49 on BetUS, and there are a couple options here that I'm looking about, looking at in this game. How about you? Yeah, I mean, this looks like a great game for to stack the uh, L.A. Chargers here with uh, Justin Herbert looking like a superstar rookie quarterback here and a good matchup against Jacksonville, who seems to be just giving up pretty much and tanking. Uh, so Herbert's uh, in a great spot here. He's shown even against pretty tough defenses that he can put up big production. Um, and he's just kind of a gunslinger. He's not afraid to take the deep shots. So you can pair him up with uh, Keenan Allen in a great matchup, uh, you know, in the slot there. Uh, you know, I think, and you know, he's mostly going up against Trey Herndon. Uh, he's in an elite matchup here. So Keenan Allen is in a good spot. He's still mid, middle, middle of the road pricing, but he's like an elite type play here. So I think a lot of Keenan Allen exposure here is a good idea. I think Mike Williams is coming on strong now that he's starting to get a connection with Herbert. Uh, he's going to really take those deep shots. I think he can hit him some quick slants. He's just a big physical wide receiver in a great spot here in a good matchup. So, and he's super cheap. What is he, like 4700 on DK? So, Mike Williams is a guy you can take a look at. I think you can take a look at the the tight end, uh, Hunter Henry. I think he's in a great matchup here. I can see them giving, giving him a lot of work and him doing well. Again, tight end's kind of a rough spot. So, yeah, and Hunter Henry's 4500 on DK. That seems too cheap as well to me here. Um, so, you can pretty much stack all those guys up. The only reason I don't like game stacking here is because I don't trust Jacksonville to score enough. But if this turns into uh, a game where Jacksonville gets some sneaky, uh, you know, some sneaky points here and uh, Gardner Minshew starts to, uh, you know, actually scoring, you could you could stack this game and bring back DJ Chark or someone like that uh, from Jacksonville. Um, but that's the only reason I wouldn't like the Chargers in the second half is the fact that they should be ahead big in this game. But you never know. Some of this stuff is unpredictable. Um, so I just think it's a great matchup for the Chargers here. And I'll probably limit my exposure to the Jacksonville side, just the way the game script's falling out. But you really can't you can't ignore the talent in the the matchup for the Chargers here. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Herbert really looking good here in the last two weeks. Seven touchdowns, only one interception. Uh, Keenan Allen was off to a hot start uh, with him against New Orleans before he went out. So we'll see if he's healthy. He's a nice price on DraftKings at six point two. I like Justin Jackson. Um, you know, the Jags are 90, number 25 against the pass and number 28 against the run. So it's just another team that you can attack in multiple ways. Um, and you can even go with the Chargers defense here at 3,400. Um, you know, well rested uh, after the bye. Um, on the on the Jag side, I agree. It's, it's a little bit hard to pinpoint anybody to to bring it back with against a really solid Chargers pass defense. Um, if this turns into a similar game script like the Chargers had against Carolina, where your boy Mike Davis had eight catches for 45 yards and a touchdown as Carolina played catch-up, we could see the same thing for James Robinson, who uh, every game this year has had between 16 and 21 touches. Um, so you know th that would be the way for Robinson to pay off his price tag because the Chargers are number nine against the run this year. So. Um, probably just a one-off for me, but uh, it likely will come from the Chargers side. And that will complete our uh, main slate breakdown here game by game. So if you're uh, watching on YouTube, please hit that like button. Uh, this is a, a free podcast in front of the paywall, but we want, we want you to uh, get notified when our next podcast posts. So hit that uh, subscribe alert button. 
because late Saturday night we will post our next podcast, the final main slate preview for week seven, where we go position by position. And in fact, last week we we broke it into three videos, so we're going to do that again this week. We'll have a quarterback video, a wide receiver tight end video, and a running back video. So I uh, hope you'll tune in to all three of those as we make our final picks for the main slate. Uh, in terms of social media, follow us at DFS Coach Talk on Twitter. You can follow Shane at DET Sports Shane. I'm at Language Olympic, and our fearless leader, the coach, is available at J O E S A R V A D I. Charity of choice here at DFS Coach Talk, MambaOn3.org. I want to thank our presenting sponsor one more time, betus.com.pa. Love that partnership and use that promo code Coach Talk. Shane, any final words of wisdom here? No, I think it's going to be it's going to be another great week here, and I think uh, I think we're we're ready to go. Uh, I look forward to the, our position videos and uh, the short, quick hit videos. I think people love those. They can get on there. They can get all our research and our greatest plays in a short you know short video. You know you know ten to fifteen minutes. Which so look out for those as well. Uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. Definitely give us. Uh, you know, five-star reviews on the pod centers as well and subscribe to us on all the different podcast centers along with YouTube. We appreciate the support there as well on the podcast side of it. And uh, definitely uh, we're looking forward to a great week here. No doubt about it. So jump in with us as a member, dfscoachdoc.com, and we look forward to joining you with more podcasts here at the end of the week for the Week 7 preview as we look to crush it in DFS.